Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. We may not know as many swears as Dedicate Lark, but we do use them more often. So you may not want to listen to this around your own children. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter 12 of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's pick some locks. In chapter 12, Briar does not want to stop working on the cure, but they have to because the steam will kill anything it touches. Osprey and Triss are like, also, yo, Crane could die and that would be extra bad. He quits and he goes home. Then Briar brings his Shackan to Rosethorn as her green nurse. And Rosethorn, despite having the blue pox, is still working on a cure. She's still taking notes and like yelling from her room like, you expected me to just lay here in bed? How dare you? (laughs) Briar, give these notes to Crane. The next day, while they're working, the temple bell rings to indicate that someone has died of the pox and they don't know who it is until they get home and discover Lark and Rosethorn mourning because Henna has died because she didn't save enough of her healing magic back in case she got sick. They continue to discover keys for the illness but Rosethorn also gets worse. She develops spots. In a scene between her and Daja, we learn the backstory of how Rosethorn and Crane started 
on like picking apart diseases and trying to figure out the cures for them. This is also where we get Rose Thorne's relatively famous among Circle fans line about why diseases, why pandemics are the worst, the literal worst. It always hits me real hard when I see that. (laughs) And I know both of us were surprised that it came so late in the book because both of us thought that it was in like the third chapter. Yeah. In this scene, Rose Thorne also tells Daja to look after Briar when she dies. Daja does not argue with her because that is part of her traitor culture. In the meantime, they find enough keys that they're ready to start trying to figure out the actual cures, which they try first on human essences. It's like a way for them to sort of test the cures on humans without actually testing them on humans. So they're not risking lives by like giving somebody a cure that could potentially be just as bad as the disease, but they get an idea of whether they will be effective or not for people. Several days go by where every day they come in and they're hopeful and there's no results and there's no results and there's no results. And then finally, at the end of the chapter, Crane shows up like in the middle of the night at discipline and he's like, we have a possible cure. I would like to administer it to Rose Thorne myself. It works. She starts to get better and they're continuing to look in on her. And then one day she's like, why the fuck are you looking in on me? What do you think? I'm an invalid. And they're like, okay, it's the Rose Thorne we all know. We're going to begin this session with part 0.75. Tamara Pierce is a fucking prophetess or a time traveler. What about this book reminded you of our real life? Well, you already mentioned the whole what Ruth Thorne was talking about with Daja. I highlighted the whole section. Yeah. Did you say you're going to read it? Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. Brittany. Most disasters are fast and big. You can see everyone else's life got overturned when yours did. Houses are smashed, livestock's dead, but plagues isolate people. They shut themselves inside while disease takes a life at a time, day after day. It adds up. Whole cities break under the load of what was lost. People stop trusting each other because you don't know who's sick. And that's definitely what's going on with this COVID. I'm going to try to add to that how worried everybody is and the atmosphere it's been serious but with rose thorn sick and like steadily growing worse the tensions are so much higher things like henna dying just hits that much harder and i think there's a line about briar looking at the burn pit and it's just heavier and more of a constant presence in his mind at this point the other thing i noticed on a lighter note is that they have a whole process, not just to finding a cure, but to testing a cure. Again, they have this whole very scientific method because just like in their world, we don't go, oh, hey, a possible cure. Let's try it on the nearest human. There's a whole process of testing it to make sure that when we do test it on the first human subjects, they're not going to experience super terrible side effects like dying that's a bad one (laughs) very bad one 
granted, I think it would be badass if we had the same system they did. Because we do a lot of animal testing and, like, they don't hurt anybody. Yeah. They have these cool uh, human essences. That was literally, that, that was one of the ones that I wrote down. Was, uh, they're really advanced medical testing. Yeah, it's really cool. No animals are currently being harmed by that, I guess. I'm not sure how we would go about doing something like that in our world, but... If I had to, to venture a guess, probably something to do with stem cells. I was going to say stem cells make the most sense for something that intense. The problem with stem cells in that sense is that while they have human genetic makeup, it's also super easy to manipulate it with gene splicing. Mm. And creating something that's not viable for human use. From what I've read on it, and granted I haven't read like a whole ton on it, if manipulated the wrong way, it could very well and very quickly not be suitable for people. Part one of our three-step reading process. Reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked. Dodge's response to Rose Thorn telling the girls to watch over Briar. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it just kind of shows how Tamara Pierce's writing is it's just so good. It's such a condensed, kind of a small, you know, it's a paragraph at most, but it introduces world building. It gives us more of the stoic, strong Dodge that we know and love. But her response, uh, hearing Rose Thorne telling the girls to watch over Briar when she's gone, she didn't protest. Uh, she said that denials only told death. Here was someone who would be missed. That's death's favorite type of victim. And she says that we will look after him forever. Such a, just a super short, hard-hitting pair of sentences. But it's so, so good. I really enjoyed that as well because you can, that's definitely a very Daja thing to do. If she would have reacted like Sandra or Tris would have, you would have been like, no, that's not what Daja would do. And so it's very on character and it was really good writing. The first time I found this book, it was right after my grandmother died. I loved that woman. I idolized that woman. And I was the spoiled first great grandchild. I found it immediately after. I remember everybody being really really in denial about what was happening. I recognized what was happening even at nine years old, but watching other people go, oh, you'll be fine. Oh, you've got, you know, several more years when, you know, someone's deteriorating right in front of you. I found this book about six months after she passed away. And that line hit me so hard and affected me so hard in my future life. Someone dies. I like speed run grief. <laughs> Longest it's taken me since that time has been about a week. I've gone from, I can't believe this, this isn't real, to, okay, well, let's just pick up the pieces and continue. Because that's all we can do. And it's literally because of that line like Goodwin, i really love the world building that gets packed in there 
And it's so interesting to, to get this and it's cool how she's able to deliver it in such a short time. I think what's really excellent about her writing is that we get the bit of traitor culture. We get something that feels very accurate for Daja's character and those two go hand in hand. So it's not just like, oh yes, this is how Daja would behave, but it's more of an insight as to why Daja is who she is. So I don't particularly have all of the quotes, but the uh, things I do for her. <laughs> I love that Briar's just like, I'm literally only doing this for Rose Thorn. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about anybody else. I'm literally only doing this for her. I love the uh, particular because he doesn't approve of gambling. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because that is such a rose thorn thing. She knows um, it annoys Crane, so yeah, she's she's gotta like, do, it. do it. Yeah. If I can um, continue to do research and annoy Crane while sick, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, horse urine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we finally know what I, we meant. Yeah. I love that so much it's so good lark at the end is just like you just have to know how to talk to her and weeks at him like oh it's so great (laughs) i love how lark is so serious at that moment because like afterwards she's very joking and jovial and it's like now i don't know if you're serious or not are you serious (laughs) or are you not like I'm concerned. Lark, what have you done? I love the, that even uh, Rose Thorne doesn't know the depths of Lark. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever encountered a lock that needed so many with the keys? I just love that line and how it leaves Briar speechless. It's obviously a dig at Briar's past, but it's also a now you see how serious it is. This is something beyond what you've seen before. That's interesting. I never felt like it was a dig at Briar's past. I felt like it was an acknowledgement, but in a way that like Rose Thorne might have acknowledged it or Nico. Like using his life as a teaching moment. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm acknowledging that this is part of who you are and connecting to that, but not being like malicious about it. He's like I don't mean that in like a negative manner. Okay. You can take digs at somebody, but it not be malicious. Yeah. It's more of a this might of kind of yeah, it's like this might might have been something you faced in the past, but the gravity of the situation is completely different than what you're used to. Because, like, while Briar was a thief, it was, the consequence was him. If something happened, if something went wrong, the consequence was something happening to him. And now the fate of thousands lie in his hand if he, if he messes up. And most importantly to him, his mama. The line that I wrote down is actually the one that immediately follows where Crane says a disease is the most complex lock there is. Yeah. Because I really like that description. 
And also because I think that this is just further proof Nico should have had Crane co-teach Triss. Because the way that Crane interacts with Briar in this moment is very warm. We could have had that way earlier if we just had reason for them to interact. Yeah. Next one who peers at me is going to die in a dreadful way. Yes. I feel that on such a deep and personal level, especially today. Like, everything is annoying me and everything. Like, I'm super highly agitated today. And I'm just like, next one who does something that pisses me off, I'm going to murder them. Just I, and I love that Briar's like, ah, all the sweet birds of spring, I hear their glorious song. <laughs> I'm going back to when she's harassing Kirel, and he's like, oh, I love her. And then the exact same thing, like, oh, there she is, my rose thorn. Yeah. <laughs> I love that right in that moment, Dodge is looking in at her and Rose Thorne says, either come in or stay out. And Dodge kind of blinks and she's like, stay out. Stay out. Stay out. out of this. Out of that, That's my option. Out. Everyone, everyone's reaction. Because also then Crane goes in and he's in there for a while. And Frostpine looks at the kids and says, maybe she mm-hmm. murdered him. We should go check. And then Briar's like, that too quiet. it's too quiet it's for too murder. Quiet for murder. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, this whole scene is so good. I was going to say that was literally my next one. And then Frostpine just like somberly, I guess we should go check. <laughs> go hide the body. Immediately following that, I love the scene with Rose Thorn and Cream. I love the background story of how Crane and Rose Thorne became basically playful rivals because they are rivals in their fields, but it's also got hints of a more playful side of it rather than a, I'm going to slit your throat while you're sleeping rivalry. <laughs> it's more of a like academic rivalry than like, a- yeah, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like yeah. that sort of like negative, you're my yeah. enemy thing. It's it's more of a, yeah. I'm going to beat you and it's going to be hilarious and I'm going to go yes. to it's your going face. To be humiliating and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Even more so than that, I love we get to see this softer side of Crane and Rose Thorn accepting that it shows such a depth to their relationship because kind of up to this point it doesn't really show them as being friends it just shows them as being rivals so in this scene you realize oh they actually really care about each other it's not just a i need you for this it's a you're my friend and i want you to remain alive (laughs) which is also why like crane coming in and this like i'm giving rose thorn the cure myself further adds to that i literally just have rose thorn and crane so i'm just like pulling all of those scenes together (laughs) 
then the last one was one that we've talked about was the uh take care of briar when i'm when i'm gone specifically the tell him to mind my garden i don't know what it is about that line specifically take care of my boy when i'm gone is painful but the tell him to mind my garden is just this is rose thorn garden this has always been rose thorn's garden ever since we started this series and it's been such a huge part of rose thorn and briar's relationship ultimately and so it's just like this way of saying keep me alive when i'm gone i also feel like her saying that you see there's several scenes where she's like telling him hey you can't be in this garden without me and then her being gone is like you're ready you can do this i believe in you you're awesome you got this you don't need me to be awesome. Yeah. That whole scene is just painful. <laughs> for, yeah. so for painful. Me, it's that she calls him my boy. Every yeah. time Rose Thorne refers to Briar as her boy, I just like... Yeah. yeah. I literally make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Mine can be divided more or less into two categories. The first category is people being who they are. We've already mentioned several of those, but in addition, Briar's desire to keep working, the way Triss reminds him that like, hey, there's bigger stakes here. We need to think about everybody. Crane observing Briar and like making a comment about his good work and Briar being like, the fuck? You pay attention, which is exactly the same thing that happens with him in Rosethorn, which shows how similar Crane and Rosethorn really are. Lark taking care of everyone. The others are all like specific quotes. I respect him, but I don't like him. Fantastic quote. And I feel like we, many people feel that way about Crane. It was as if death circled his teacher. And then the repeat of we're mages, not miracle workers, which we also saw in Daja's book. Oh, and I almost missed this one. The other thing that I really liked was Triss was excited when they found two keys at once. And Crane was like, oh, it was bound to happen eventually. And she's like, we'll all be happy for both of us. Yeah. Bless that child. It's really cute. <laughs> all of mine got taken except for one. Right. <laughs> The last one is when Rose Thorn is like something for you. And it just reminded me of Triss. Because there's another book where Triss is like something for you. I was going to say, she said that somewhere else. <laughs> she did. As, and we make comparisons between Triss and Rose Thorn all the time. And that line is like, oh, there's the Triss moment right there. I was scared. I didn't even notice that one. Yeah. I didn't either. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did y'all find? Mine directly ties into my first like. The things I do for her. Because looking through the last few chapters since Rose Thorne has been told, hey, now you have it, everybody has stepped up in multiple ways to take care of one of their own. We kind of see it in our life, like right now. We see a lot of people when, who do step up for other people who need it. You know, people who are still self-quarantining and not able to leave their house. We have people bringing them food and standing in their yard while they sit on the porch and having a conversation with them face-to-face or whatever it is. But it's the things we do for other people. It's riddled through this chapter because you have Crane and all of his kindness briar and literally is the one who says it and sacrifices the most part of his pride because he sacrifices a lot of his pride to suck it up and work with crane it's literally only for her lark steps up 
and takes on a hell of a lot more trying to take care of her as well as keeping the house running. Tris is note-taking. Everybody has stepped up for this. Mm, I don't I don't really have one. Um oh. I guess um you oh, one's strengths, I guess. I don't know. Um, you can just steal mine. It's fine. The, whatever good ones is, that one is mine as well. <laughs> Pharrell was a great character, is what I learned. Oh, then no, never mind. Mine's the opposite of his. <laughs> I actually didn't know quite how to write. I, the theme to me always seems to be the tough one. Same. But, um, it, I, I put down don't overexert yourself, and it, it's more of a like, I couldn't find the proper words I was looking for to get it, like to get my point across. Don't overdo it, or like everyone is kind of doing their part, right? Uh, Crane is fucking busting his ass every day, reading the notes at night. That's great, but there's a point where you have to dial it back and take care of yourself more. And you kind of see that with uh, what happened to Hannah, too. I'm not going to say that she didn't save lives, she did. But, you know, she did leave herself so drained to where she couldn't hold on any longer. We can see that Crane is just worn so thin that he needs someone. And, you know, Briar kind of stepped up to the plate. Briar was so mad in the beginning when people were, like, taking breaks and, you know, Osprey was getting help. Keep going, working. He's like, every minute we're not working. Rose Sword is getting worse. And she can die. But you, you can't keep pushing yourself that hard. Because I don't remember who said the quote. Some of the worst disasters in history came about because people were too wary to know they made errors. I think um, it was Lark that said it. Yeah, I think it was Lark. Yeah. You need to take a break and like take care of yourself because you can make things so much worse if you're not careful. And it took Briar a little bit to realize that like he's not the only one wearing himself thin. So Crane is doing it too. And he's like, you know, this kind of goes back to what uh, Indy talked about. He had to kind of suck up his uh, his pride and, you know, tell Crane to come out, get some food, you know, go go stand outside. This theme made me actually look up what disasters in our world were, were kind of done by people being tired. Hmm. Uh, the Exxon Valdez, which was that big oil tanker up in Alaska that ran into like an iceberg and spilled millions of gallons of oil all over the place yeah uh, the the uh captain was uh supposed to be very fatigued uh, the challenger rocket explosion mm-hmm. uh that was also said to be part of the uh problem there they were working like 22 hour work days and like people were running on two hours of sleep there's communication issues because of that and the biggest one uh was the chernobyl disaster which was also supposed to have been by people being fatigued and working shifts that were too long. And apparently, what I read anyways, I don't know if this is true or not, I'd have to like look up the sources, um, saying that even some of the plans themselves were flawed, and it could have been because of the same reason. Self-care, bitches. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I thank you perfectly. <laughs> thank you for you. You took my five minutes of rambling into two seconds of that, which is thank you. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, like, while that is like a good summification, it's a very oversimplified 
I, it still holds true, I think. Yeah. I, I was going to say, people think that self-care is, oh, buy you that new shirt. You deserve it. Or, you know, go, go get this thing because you deserve it. Self-care is go take a fucking shower. Brush your goddamn teeth. Go for a walk around the block. Take care of you physically as well as mentally. And part of that is sleep. My theme was hope because they're finally making progress and there's all of this hope that they're going to find a cure and then they find a cure that might work and then there's hope for that. The other connection I made with this is when Rose Thorne is on the mend and she's yelling at people again. Brittany mentioned Briar says, ah, the sweet birds of spring. But the the big thing I found there is this story takes place during winter and spring. Spring is the season of hope because it's when the flowers are coming back after the winter. Everything is coming back to life. And so just all of the symbolism of spring, I love that being in there as well. I just realized something. We had a whole chapter of Tris trying to fight back rain, but we haven't really mentioned rain much anymore after that. They made a big deal about rain being in the sewers and stuff, but then afterwards it's like, okay, yeah, there was rain, but they haven't really mentioned it much afterwards. They made it seem like a big, huge deal. And then inside now, it's not nothing, anymore. I guess so. Like, oh, hey, um, the water probably affects this, but you know what? Eh, we're not going to talk about it no more. We figured out that that was the cause. Fuck it. I was going to say that we had to learn a lesson. That's why it was considered important, is we were learning a lesson. And now that we know the lesson, we don't have to learn the lesson again. I get that. I get that there was a lesson to be learned, I guess, but it felt like it was a really big deal. All this water and stuff just wasn't ever mentioned again. It was really built up. Like it's this big, horrible thing and we really need it to not be here because we're trying to deal with this. And then not mentioned again. Like there I thought wasn't a whole lot of follow-up. Thought it was a big deal. I think from the standpoint of the writing, um, that chapter is there to explain why why suddenly the disease has kind of exploded and it's sort of everywhere. But I think you're right. Maybe the book would have been better off, even with just like a mention or two of when they walk to the greenhouse and they have to like wash and scrub up. It's like, oh well, I'm wet already. Um, yeah, just a a, like, a mention here and there to remind us of what. The yeah, life. that it's still raining a shit ton because they made a big deal about it, and then it's not mentioned again. Because in previous chapters too, like when Tris is climbing to the wall, it mentions how she's just walking through the rain. It didn't even mention. It wasn't even talking yet about how she was starting this. And then chapters before chapter five too is talking about the rain and then just out of nowhere no more rain we don't need to mention it anymore it's fine not something we need to be concerned about anymore 
Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the chapter to craft magic in our own lives. And my magic is Goodwin's theme. I wrote rest, though it may be difficult, uh, it is necessary. Because over and over, we hear people talking about the, the need for rest. Briar wants to keep working and Crane is like, no, we do need to stop because not just because of the the cleansing steam could actually kill us, but because people, if they are not rested, make mistakes. And Lark says the same thing. I think right now is a particularly interesting time for me to be reflecting on this because today was the day that we did ELPA testing. Last year on the day that we did ELPA testing, I started reading Marissa Meyer's Lunar Chronicles. What I really needed in that time was rest. I didn't realize until I picked it up how much I needed that rest. And that was what gave me the rest. Right before quarantine started, I started the third book. And then when quarantine started, I started sewing and never finished it. So I'm like, hmm, we should probably finish that series now. It's about that time because <laughs> I probably need some rest. But uh, this probably helps because it's making me read. In the words of that YouTube video, read a book, read a book, read a motherfucking book. <laughs> Mine is the same thing because I know at work as well for me, this week has been fucking chaotic. Just like Briar at the beginning of this chapter, he sees all these people just like stopping doing things and he's getting so mad and like, they're taking breaks and he was just wants to keep working. And I've been busy all week and other people haven't been like getting angry. Like all these people aren't doing shit and I'm doing all this stuff. I'm like there's a bigger picture. Okay. And it's just not, it's not just me. It's not just like one other person. It's a whole company. There's more than just me. And just, I don't know. I need to breathe. Calm down, take a rest. Just because well, I'm it doesn't mean that I can't take like five minutes to just calm down a little bit, take a break. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> that is a whole ass mood. My personal magic was even if I don't like someone, I can still respect them. And it was based off of uh, Briar kind of realizing that uh, pretty much the head of person that can get anything done now is Crane and sure he's got help, but it's going to be Crane's like mental capacity and, and his knowledge that's going to get everything done. And even if he doesn't like the guy, he can still respect that knowledge and try to, I mean, he ends up helping him basically like, Hey, quit staring at the wall and could stare outside and you may not be hungry, but I'm going to go eat. So we, we should go. And for me, it, it made me think of, uh, in, in my job, uh, I don't, there, there are some agents I don't necessarily get along with, but I can still respect what they do know and what they do correctly and the way that they act in front of their clients. That I, I've been at this job for, you know, over six, seven years now. Jeez. Oh, wow. Um, 
but but like I I know that there's still more stuff that I can learn and I can even if I may not like someone I can still respect their experience and what knowledge they do have but only if I have to because some of them are jerks <laughs> I also feel that's valid this is not necessarily a magic but it's one that I do particularly because he doesn't approve of gambling I am a spiteful fucking creature. <laughs> that is spite. Pure and true spite. That has nothing to do with my two magics, actually. I just wanted to point that out, and I felt this was the best place for that. So that big, big quote about most disasters are fast. We're currently living that. It says... People fear each other because we don't know who's sick. I I feel like one of the statements that is trying to be said, though not outright, is you still have to treat these people as human beings. You, You can't treat them differently just because they might be sick, other than I'm going to quarantine myself away from you. I'm going to like try and be supportive and helpful i fear and i worry because you have it and i haven't seen you in seven months so maybe now i have it i feel that's more of a everyone every day kind of thing i think we all need to remember that these people who are sick while they are very contagious and it's not good to get sick they're still people there's still people that we know and that we love and we can't let that fear further isolate them because we live in a technological age. I mean, right now we're sitting here on Zoom, like looking at each other and talking and communicating. And there are some people who don't even do that. They don't talk to these people who are sick and being isolated like that it's hell on the mind and the body we are social creatures we need contact from other people much to my dismay and disgust (laughs) just saying (laughs) here's to fluids The other one, uh, we kind of touched on it, is we are mages, not miracle workers. Our strength has limits and we don't have much time. We are human. We are not miracle workers. We are not superhuman. We can't do everything. We can't be everywhere. Our strengths have limits. We can't do more than what we are physically capable of without a lot of sacrifice. We see it in this book with, like in this chapter specifically with Hannah dying, is she exhausted all of her magic to help other people. It was more strength, it took more strength than she had to do so. I know I'm that person who likes to kind of bear the weight of the world. Even if it puts me out, I'll do it. 
I know that sometimes I need to remember that I'm just human. I I can't do everything. I might want to, but I really can't. (laughs) I would say that that is part of self-care. Yeah. Is remembering that you are human and you can only do so much. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the upcoming chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 13, the final chapter of Briar's book, which also makes it the final chapter of the first quartet. Uh, I'm not ready. (laughs) Steps sounded on the wood. The ladder creaked. Briar and Daja, just on the other side of the peak of the roof, crawled up to see who was coming. A gray and black head poked up through the opening in the thatch. Bless me, I don't see how you keep from breaking your necks, remarked Nico. I would be scared to death. Climbing a little more, he sat on the edge of the opening, trying not to look over the roof's edge. Clothed with his usual elegance, he was out of place on the thatch. Briar chuckled, looking at him. The view is good from up here, Dodge explained drowsily as she folded herself over the peak. And it's nice and warm. I'm getting freckles, commented Tris, leaning on the chimney. Do you know what today is? Sandry asked them. My birthday? Asked Briar dryly. She pestered him about that still. If you want it, Sandry replied. But I was actually thinking it was our birthday, in a manner of speaking. They all looked at her, even Nico, unsure of what she meant. A year ago today, Tris and I came to discipline. Sandry beamed at them all. It was the first time the four of us were together. Briar whistled. Doesn't seem that long ago. It does and it doesn't, remarked Daja. Looking at her three friends, she shook her head. I never expected things to turn out as they have. Who could, Tris inquired. We didn't know we had magic for one thing. Nigo did, replied Daja with a glance at the man. Just like you knew where we were when no one else did. Or no one else cared, murmured Briar. Nico surveyed each of them. Things didn't turn out as I expected either, he admitted. What did you expect? Sandry asked, curious. Nico's smile was wry. I expected to pick up some young mages, find them teachers, and go on my way. I never thought to endure earthquakes, pirates, forest fires, and plagues with them, or to be forced to revise my knowledge of how magic is shaped. I had forgotten that there is never a point at which we stop learning or needing to learn. You remind me of that every day, whether I wish such a reminder or not. Wow. Oh, oh my I'm God. Falling. <laughs> I I it was hard to keep reading, like seeing your reactions. Oh man. Like, ah! So uh. it's gonna be a good, a good finish. Oh, it's so good. Just it sure, that. It sure sounds like it. Yeah. That's the perfect ending. It's a wrap. We're done. Oh, man. Except that's not the last page. It's not the last page. It's not the last page. That's a good last page. But it's not, not the last, last page. page. That's a good last page. I didn't know what happens on the last page. You uh, have to read to find out. Oh, man, that's a perfect last page, though. 
Oh, man. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Like, Goodwin, this is not a visual medium. You can't just wave. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't just say something. I was like, I'm going to interrupt that. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I really do. Uh, I missed this, by the way. This is, yeah, this is good. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.